This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Here we go again. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. When I edit these... I, I realise I don't say thank you enough when you when you ask how I'm doing, so apologies for that. But yes, I'm doing very well. How's your week treated you? Yeah, it's been a good week. I was disappointed not to get involved in in the fan violence in Reading on Tuesday. I, uh, having to be there before and after by a decent margin meant that I missed out, but I was filled in by a police officer at Reading Station, so I, I felt like I was involved. Well, good, good. I mean, do you get the badge out? Do you? Do I get the badge out? Um, no, I just sort of. I, they asked if I'd been at the game, and I said no. And uh, well, I said yes, but not in the crowd. <laughs> I think they would have tried to cull me if I had been. While they were asking you over the games, did you have your like keys in between your fingers, ready to pounce? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you never, never want to leave Shaw. We sure so a couple of people got knocked out, so Ooh. I need to make sure I wasn't ending up like them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Um. Maybe next time you'll get involved in the hooligan culture. Yeah. I'll, I'll try and jump down from the uh from the press box next time. See if see if I can see if I can be like the guy at the end of the game. Dare to dream, you mug. <laughs> get a few tennis balls pelted at me. It sounds like it's good fun. Yeah, the most middle-class reaction to a single fan ever is to throw tennis balls onto the pitch. I say, take that. <laughs> but I was disappointed extremely they had the tennis ball because they were ready for some sort of 
found process. They just sort of kept them for the end of the game so they could chuck it at a guy. It's almost as if they knew, oh, well, never mind. Uh, violence is bad. And it's also embarrassing. Yeah, but for an EFL trophy game in particular, <laughs> what are people doing? But such is such is the way, I suppose. Such is the way. In other news, Swindon Town have pledged to travel less by air. Uh, terrific news, this Joe. In other news, Swindon Town have also pledged to never join the European Super League, which I think we can all agree is two noble pledges. Yeah, I think you've got to really commend Clemor Fooney and uh, Michael Doughty in uh, getting these two things done. Uh, we were in massive danger of, of destroying the planet with the reckless abandon with which Michael Flynn got the club jet out. So I think it is good that we've uh, decided to scale back on that those particular sections. Yeah, that's nice. Is is isn't it just so typical of us to see a nice little thing be announced and to uh, to mock it relentlessly? It's who we are. It's what we've got to do. It's what we're in the game for. You know, of of course, it's a nice thing that's when they're getting involved in environmental initiatives. But also, when was the last time they ever flew to a game? Has it happened before? Oh yes, it certainly happens. For the keen uh, historians, you will see in that documentary uh, six days till Saturday. They fly up to Preston and back in the early 60s. Oof. They, they really were living life back then. They certainly were. And, and now if we play Preston, they'd have to get the coach. Great news for shareholders in Barnes coaches, I'm sure. Oh, well, never mind. Okay, so since we last spoke, because there was no presser for Reading and there won't be one for Exeter, gosh, I hope not, we've, we've lost two more games. We've lost to uh, Bradford and we've lost to Reading in the EFL Trophy. I do want to know what your experience of the the Reading game was because it's what we do, it's what we talk about. But I was surprised with the reaction about how important this game should have been considered. And, you know, we we talked about it, me and Joe talked about it in midweek and the focus was, of course, on, on squad depth. And I felt that it might have been a good opportunity to to have played Clayton for a little bit. And we'll talk about that a bit later on. Uh, and I think there is a, a delicate ecosystem to the to the EFL trophy in, in what is a worthwhile venture. And we probably leaned too hard towards the under-18s this time. But nothing more than that. It's no, it's no major biggie. But reading around, quite a few fans forget about squad depth. They wanted the first team out for this. They they were ready to give Reading an experience. And I refuse to believe that people didn't expect Swindon. They made it quite clear. Maybe it was, you know, there is a certain element of the uh, the way end that don't follow Swindon on a, on a weekly, daily basis. So probably might have thought Charlie Austin was going to be up front. They made it quite clear throughout the last week or so that that was always going to be the squad that we were going to see. Yeah, I definitely saw a few people say, saying that Michael had lost the plot or whatever. I guess there were people that had been to, had bought tickets for the game, but I, it, it was very clear it was never going to happen. I think we even with two weeks prior, Flynn had mentioned in in a press conference that he, he wasn't planning on playing the team. He said after Bradford on BBC Wiltshire that it wouldn't be the proper team. You know, we didn't get to do that press conference, so you know he didn't get to say it again. But I think twice is probably sufficient. I don't know. I mean, potentially people we might not have heard those and might have expected it, but I think a little bit of critical thinking was saying that was that was never going to happen. I I agree that maybe we went a little bit under 18s heavy, um, just in terms of giving those guys a bit of a better chance. But 
the way this squad is built, there was absolutely no chance in hell when where where this game was placed that there was going to be a proper team put out there. It just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, agreed. And that's why the last episode was more driven towards the depth to make the point point because just the same as it probably wasn't as worthwhile an experience. It's that's not true because the under 18s who played all those years that they've put into junior football and whatever happens now, they've played a senior game and they deserve that moment and and we congratulate them. But at the same time, it probably wasn't as worthwhile a venture for Tyree Shade, Liam Kinsella, George McEachran, and Brooklyn Genesini and Tariq Uwakwe or Harrison Minton because it, it was just a bit too, too heavy on, on the youth side of things. And oh, we're not going to talk about this game beyond... The, the next couple of moments but but yeah it, it's interesting isn't it and god only knows what what the lineup will be for the pointless fixture against exeter because they too are out yeah well flynn said that he was planning on doing a welland and dragging mckechran after half an hour but uh decided against it with with the way the game had gone and the way that reading had lined up which was heavily rotated as well i should add mm. um but yeah, it'd be very exciting to see what he does against Exeter. And I, I think to your point earlier that there, you know, there probably won't be a press conference that one. I think it'd be really funny if they did do one for that game, just just because that now we're out. They didn't do it for the other two, but they did for this game. I, I think that would be quite a good housery move from from Flint. <laughs> we take every game seriously. Bring Fletcher Hubbard out for the player comms, and and we'll all have a great old time. Uh, one last point: it, it was fun watching the Reading X community get involved in uh, goading Swindon Town fans. And I almost reacted when I saw one poster just relentlessly talking about how they had a bunch of teenagers too. I did check. They they started with one person under the age of 20 and they brought one player on who was under the age of 20. Two players of the whole squad who played Feature just don't lie, Reading. Come on. Yeah, the Reading Academy is a very different kettle of fish to the Swindon Academy. I think we know that because we keep signing players out of the Reading Academy. I was speaking to a Reading journalist about a player that I thought played well, who I hadn't heard of before, but he's one of the guys who wasn't a starter. He's got interest in like Man United, so you know the, the players that Reading were turned out are nothing like the sort of. 17, 16 year olds that were on the Swindon side of the field, as much as, you know, it was te- technically nine changes in the end because of the injury to Kanaya Boys Clark. But uh, it, it's not the same thing as, as, as much as they probably, you know, in an incendiary fashion might want to point out. Well, uh, congratulations to the under 18s who featured in that game. A great moment for them. So we'll, we'll move on to. The, the presser, which was with yourself, Andrew Hawes, BBC Radio, Wiltshire, and also Sean Hodgetts got a little cameo at the end too. So we'll start with the question about reacting to defeat. I'm not counting that game as relevant. We're talking about Notts County. We're talking about Bradford City, the two, the two relevant losses that we've endured in this run of three. What did Michael Flynn have to say about reacting to these losses? Yeah, it, it's two defeats in a row. If you say, oh, we'll set that line. And if you say it's free, then you're even more negative than I am. So take a look <laughs> at yourself in the mirror, mate. Um, yeah, um, Flynn, he's, he's always been kind of on this. It's all about how we react to the situations um, line, even when 
but things were going quite well and he's he kind of stuck to those similar kind of comments that he's always felt that it was going to be a tough league and there were going to be those tough times and it's a bit about you know the ability for Swin to to bounce back from that he has kind of maintained that although we didn't play well at Bradford you know we created four I think he said four goals or what certainly should have been four goals in that game which is true but I don't I don't think it necessarily tells the tale even remotely of, of that game um so he, he's kind of been sticking to that in terms of uh, that things aren't massively wrong if, if Charlie Austin or uh, well, in his head, not Charlie Austin, but Tyree Shade and Rashad Hepburn Murphy stick those those chances away, um, then then things are absolutely fine anyway. Um, so he, he's kind of been on that line since since the Bradford game, and uh, and is continuing to stick to the fact that that wasn't as much of a disaster as it certainly looked to me whilst it was in progress. What? So yeah, that's interesting. What what was your take from it? Because I think the general noise does agree with Flynn. You, Austin puts away that effort in the third minute the game is a completely different beast it's hard you can't it's not as linear as it just plays out exactly the same as it did there, there were some big chances but the, it works both ways what was your take because you were there yeah I, I do certainly agree that Charlie Austin sticks that away then it's a different game or um, Eva chance and in, in the start of Eva half or even shade which I think is a more difficult chance than was necessarily given credit for um, the thing that I found interesting listening listening to the post-match pop was that Dan was quite uh, he heaping praise on Bradford. I really didn't think Bradford were much good at all, aside from working quite hard. I, I just think that is the first time this season when Swindon haven't shown up in any way, shape or form. Um, they were, you know, we created those big chances, but that's probably more about Bradford than anything else because Swindon were, were just slow. They, they didn't get any sort of rhythm throughout and they kind of allowed the crowd to get on top of them as much as... You know, People have said that that didn't. Uh, Blake Tracy said that that isn't something that affected him. It was clearly something that was affecting other players on that pitch. And I just felt it was the first time that it felt like last season, this season. And if they could, you know, hopefully they move on from that very quickly. I think Newport, as we'll get to, is probably a good game to do that with. But it really did feel just so different to all the other performances, even the ones where they've had to be a bit more gritty, because even then they've shown something. I didn't think, even with the chances created, that there were really any redeeming qualities from the Bradford game. Mm. And you're not alone in that opinion. There was plenty of listeners' feedback that said, I think Ben Nichols said it was the return of Morris Ball in comparison to what we've seen under Michael Flynn. And we're still at a stage where, and don't get me wrong, there are alarm bells beginning to sound and there are red flags for weeks on certain areas, but we're allowed the occasional Rick in, in terms of performance, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's a League Two team. You know, we're not going to be Manchester City every week. Um, that's, that's never going to happen. This this group of players, with the amount of games they're going to have to go through, and the amount of games most of them have actually already played, they're never going to be good every week. They are going to hit those games where they're all not great at the same time. Uh, it was just disappointing from what we have seen that it kind of, it kind of went that way um, quite so drastically because especially after the, they did end on a bit of a positive at Knox County, but very little of that was carried forwards aside from the first kind of 10 minutes of each half. Oh, it's a long way to go for a stinker, isn't it? It is quite a long way. The, the way back felt uh, uh, quite arduous and uh, it, it's it's not a good feeling <laughs> going up to Bradford, especially as there were a handful of road closures that made it 
even worse. Well, well done for not flying. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm making a big commitment to the environment. I uh, I stand with uh, Mr. Morfuni and Mr. Doughty on that one. Good stuff. So what did Flynn say about getting back to where we were before? Yeah, he's, he's still, uh, as I said, he's still feeling like the, the performance hasn't dropped off that much in terms of, you know, if you're creating that many chances, if they'd scored four fairly sim- fairly rudimentary ones and scoring four goals and you're looking quite exciting even if the performance wasn't that so he's he's definitely he's definitely keeping it basics i think not allowing anyone to go to panic stations uh which was consistent across the press conference in many ways um and in terms of you know we need to we need to put those away obviously and um and you know don't concede a semi-ridiculous goal like they did against in when they conceded to Bradford and some of the more disappointing defensive lapses that led to the the Notts County goals earlier in that week. The majority of our defensive players are, are universally loved, but oh, we do concede goals and it's not always Saidu Khan's fault, is it? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like it because, as you say, I, I quite like all the defenders. I think every single week on the player ratings doesn't matter the game. Someone's told me that Tom Brewitt was man of the match. I'm sure you've seen... Much the same, yeah, with, with the with with the listener contribution. So it's not like they're bad defenders. Obviously, people have pick up on Hutton in that area, and and yeah, Saidu Khan, who I think has actually had a pretty good season so far. Um, have of <laughs> there are some frailties there, but it does. I mean, Flynn has said a couple of times. Lewis Ward said it um, on Tuesday night as well that. Swindon just kind of make too many sloppy errors, even if it's not like a, a sort of a big grand plan falling down. They're just, I guess, putting themselves in too many positions that their the lapses in concentration aren't aren't helping. And and I I, I, pl- I do plan to look into this at some point this week to see are they all def- like just sort of oh, silly you clean that up that sorry mistake. Um, or is or is there something else more? Is there something more to it? Because um, it it does feel a bit simplistic, even if it may or may not be true. Well, I look forward to reading it, and I'll look forward to wishing you all the best on your journey when when the reaction for it comes out. But we were given these sort of opportunities to opposition, even when the going was good. So again, it was something that was being identified by fans, certainly listeners of this podcast right from the start of the season. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at Crawley, which is the 6-0, we'd, you'd say very interesting. Like you know, that, that could that could easily have been a draw of a game, some of the chances they gave up. So it's, it's not something that's just sprung up since the results have slowed down a little, absolutely. Yeah, OK. Let us move on to the bread and butter then. Injuries. Tom Clayton, he's back. Yes, it's good news. I think this is the first time, uh, I hope Murphy, I suppose, but... First feels like the first time in a while we've actually had someone back from injury. Uh, Tom Clayton, who the sort of slow slow countdown from ten to zero is, is finally <laughs> clanged midnight. Someone get Jules Holland. Um, he is available available for selection. He's trained all week. Um, he's um, you know, he, he seems seems to have, he seems to have been a long journey here, but it's, it's glad to have him back after what I looked was eleven weeks on the sidelines. He obviously won't be starting this week, but. Um, he's very much able to be involved and Flynn was also asked if there was any potential to play him in, in midfield because he played there for, for Liverpool but that is very much not something that he is he is looking towards he 
see him as a, as a centre-back and nothing else for the time being. I look forward to Michael Flynn identifying Clayton can play there once injuries emerge in the centre of our midfield <laughs> like he did the, the other week there. How do you bring Tom Clayton back? He's been out since July, almost two months exactly, or three months, and they're probably going to have training games for him, but Exeter's still a while away. How, it's, it was quite a big injury. How how do you bring someone back? I mean, it is tough. It's probably a bit easier in this situation because Swindon need to make a defensive substitution in the next few weeks. It's him or Minter. Uh, there aren't really many other choices. So, I um, mean, you know, I think if, 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 in the instance in which Swindon are winning comfortably-ish tomorrow, um, you could potentially give him 10 minutes at the end, depending on how much he's fit for. And then I think it's just using the opportunities to get him involved when you can. And then, you know, I can't imagine they'll be able to do a behind closed doors friendly at the moment because of the Tuesday game. So I think that's really your only option. Oh, well, well fingers crossed he stays fit and, and will be a key member going forward. Jake Young is back. That's good news, but no guarantees that he'll start. But I think I think he will. Yeah, I, I think it would be interesting to see actually who does play up front, given uh, the chances missed by Hepburn Murphy and Austin last week. I don't think either of them have necessarily done enough to make sure that Jake Young is, is kept out of the lineup. Um So I would expect him to be back in from the start, but Flynn is always cards close to his chest time and they're not, um he's not letting us, letting us know if that will happen. But as I say, I, I think Hepburn Murphy, I don't think the illness has helped him at all because he was not great in either of the games last week. Um So uh, he's, uh, he's, he's probably the more likely to drop out, but I feel like Austin's had a, a more difficult couple of games as well of late. I agree with your logic and think it probably would be the best decision. It's been a real shame for Hepburn Murphy getting ill when he did because those two games were were massive for him to stake his claim. But I think Hepburn Murphy, as I've said previously, is is a better impact sub than maybe Charlie Austin. I would much rather have Charlie Austin start with Jake Young, which was the successful duo, and then have Hepburn Murphy come on with 25, 30, 20 minutes to go and just just rain hell on the Newport County defence. And, well, it's worked previously, so I, I would be in favour of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, as you say, it probably is a better impact option than either Young or Austin, uh, I guess, depending on game state, because he's, he's not adding a lot of height to the team. But he's he's clearly someone that an opposing defender would look at and think, bloody hell, I've got to run up against that. Um, and it, it's not going to go well. We've seen him do it a couple of times. Um, so uh, hopefully if he, he is over the illness, then uh, he can have that kind of impact that he had against Sutton and um, Walsall once more. There was also still love for Miles Abodo, who doesn't sound like his presence in the senior side is quite over yet it's a kind of wait and see situation but he might still find himself on the bench this weekend yes plenty of love for miles abodo it did i kind of got the sense that he would be on the bench from from what was said he was um you know we know michael flynn he's never going to go over the top about a player and he said there's, there's still a lot that needs to be polished but uh, as a 16 year old you know very few of them are um are like that he obviously made the, the wade rooney thing saying that maybe he was and Slightly disappointed that his his knowledge didn't extend to Lamine Yamal, who's uh, obviously tearing it up at Barcelona at the moment at sixteen. But um, yeah, he's he was very ebullient about Marcel Bodo. I thought he was he was very pleased with his work rate and the the intelligence of him as a player, which I think 
um, more than anything else was obvious at Reading with the way he held the ball up at times. So he's, he was he was very very been very pleased. He wants to get that balance right in terms of development of you know, if you have him in in the squad and and don't use him, then he could have just played in the under 18s that day and and lot loses a game. But it, it definitely does feel like because I think he said, oh, if we have him in a couple of games in a row, it feels like his intention would be that he would be kind of the seventh sub that we haven't had for the last couple of games because the squad wasn't didn't have enough players in it to to have one. The risk is Tariq Uwakwe, isn't isn't it? He did mention in passing that he might be struggling. Yeah, there, there was the brief reference to Tariq Uwakwe having, I believe, it was a, a like a knock to his foot during the Reading game, which. And how may not explain his performance, um, but he was he was there. There is doubt there. Certainly, um, we we've heard about the the fitness test before with Liam Kinsella, and he uh, hasn't come through them on a couple of occasions. But uh, Swindon do have other options in the wing back areas, and it would and in fact his not probably helps out Tyree Shade because I don't think he exactly stamped down that spot against Brad, Bradford either. So um, if Uakwe isn't going to be a hundred percent fit, then he probably keeps his place. Hello everybody, summer is here and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it, okay? So don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Hi Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here, enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell Outlet Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with Muck Delivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the story of one week in the life of Swindon's football team. It begins on Saturday night as they fly back in a charter plane from their away match against Preston. Right then, Newport County, home. A rocky month for Newport. Their last five games has been a 1-1 draw at home to Barrow, a home 4-1 loss to Bradford, 2-1 loss at Salford City, a win against Colchester United at home, 2-1. And then their most recent game was a home 2-1 loss to Harrogate. That would have probably hurt. In terms of their squad, Will Evans, not the one that used to play for Swindon, is enjoying some great personal form with seven EFL goals out of nine, 11 and 14 across the competitions. There's no 
ex-town players, I don't think, but I'm pretty sure Shane McLaughlin was one of John McGreal's, the ones that he had lined up during that sticky summer of 2021. They're a bit of a bogey side, I don't think is the right term, but it's always a close encounter. I think all the games since Newport returned to the EFL and have played Swindon, all the positive results for Swindon have been wins by just the solitary goal. Tight margins across the board and the only two comfortable wins were for Newport County in the 2019-2020 season when Mike Flynn's Newport beat us 2-0 on two occasions. The last five Swindon games, though, I mean, you will remember Tommy Adeloy scored his only goal for Swindon away at the uh, end of last season, February of this year. Jeff Cott scored the only goal in the home win. But they're always tight games, Swindon-Newport whether it's in the Football League trophy or in League Two. So it it is a good fixture to have, having just gone through the last couple of games, but still not a foregone conclusion, um, given our history with them. No, I think I looked and it was, they've won three of seven at the county ground since since their most recent promotion back to the Football League. So I think we obviously always used to characterise the Michael Flynn side as being a bit of an antithesis of the way that Swindon played in terms of their physicality and directness uh we've seen the light on that particular issue since but um yeah they, they are definitely a side that i don't think i've ever really gone into a game with newport thinking this will be an easy three points for swindon although arguably i don't really think that about any game <laughs> yeah but there is there is something about newport county that I, I, I don't think it's a rivalry thing maybe newport uh are quite up for it michael flynn's never never struggled to get his side motivated for swindon this press conference was quite thin on Newport County stuff, except Michael Flynn's relationship with Newport, which is obviously significant and remains that way. Yeah, obviously his his Newport links are kind of the the big story. Is um, the Michael Flynn derby, as I said it, much to his chagrin uh, during the press conference when it was <laughs> said that the Sky are going to be coming down to interview him tomorrow after the game. So. Uh, uh, he didn't. He didn't seem particularly taken by the idea that his his name should be in the title. But uh, yeah, he was. He was obviously you know, very complimentary about his his time at Newport. Um, he, he said that you know there's a lot of people there that he respects a great deal and respect him. And it is, you know, it is, it is a different game. We always expect, and we'll get to it in a second. But you expect with Michael Flynn that. He's kind of going to straight back everything and say just another game. He didn't really do that with this. He was very happy to talk openly about his, you know, his affections for Newport as it being his his you know, hometown club and even their uh, their takeover, which they're in the process of at the moment, I, I believe. Um, and saying that he you know, very much hopes that happens because uh, they they've had it. They've been they've been in a difficult position financially for quite some time. So. Yeah, it was. He was went went to great length to Newport, which we were obviously always going to go in that direction. If it's not the Michael Flynn Derby, whose Derby is it? Oof, I'm trying to trying to think. The Christopher Missalou Derby played for both. <laughs> the Chris Missalou Derby. Charlie Griffin, Paul Bowden, Miles Story. Bring out Miles Story. Steve Jenkins, maybe. Um, who else? Loads. I think there's been a lot, especially in the in the eighties, a lot. Ben Tozer. You know, that, that one or two games for Swindon will not be in vain. Plenty, plenty. Scott Twine, of course. Oh, of course, Scott Twine. Yeah, that's that. That's a lot more apt, I think, in terms of being a servant of both clubs. 
Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll rebrand it to him tomorrow. I'll see if he likes that one. I'll draw out a list, and if you could just, you know, <laughs> let him know which one he prefers, that would be good, and then we'll go with it. But I do like the Chris Missaloo. If it's a nil-nil with penalty misses, it's the Chris Missaloo. That's very Christopher Missaloo, that. Chris Missaloo did not miss a penalty, but um, he would have liked to just have the opportunity, I think. Yeah, I'll never forget him shooting over the bar against Portsmouth when we hadn't had a shot on target for about three or four games. <laughs> during the Sheridan era. I've never been more mad at a man for trying to put the ball in the corner. Gosh, that was two years ago. It feels like a lot more, doesn't it? Those bleak old months under poor old Shezza. Okay. What else can we talk about in terms of Newport County? Because not much more was covered, was it? No, he, he did kind of say that, you know, uh, Crane Coughlin had them is uh, a is a very well drilled side, and they they'd be very Come up on, for it. Joe. Um, he'd say that. <laughs> he'd say that regardless. <laughs> He would say that regardless, but actually, what 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 I should point out is this actually produced possibly my favourite exchange in a press conference since I've started, uh, obviously working with working covering Swindon, uh, or no, almost two years ago now, um, with the possible exception when I think Johnny got chewed out by um, by uh, Jody Morris once, but um, the the point when Mike um, uh, Andrew asks <laughs> Michael Flynn whether or not he he thought. Um, they were Newport were quite an open team, and they were they're quite unpredictable by saying that uh, you know he wouldn't really put them on his his coupon. And then Michael Flynn took that to mean that he thought he was accusing him of uh, breaking FA rules on gambling, uh, which which I was a, a huge fan of as an exchange. Yeah, he wasn't going to fall for that one, was he? <laughs> I've listened to the audio too. It was just like, well, that's for you to do. I'm not. I'm, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. One bit I enjoyed listening to was was Michael Flynn talking about his first game back at Rodney Parades where that one felt weird to him. And he was quite keen to point out that, you know, there's been another game since then and it's the first time back is always the weird one. But he was quite open about that. And is he going to turn up in the away dugout when he walks out tomorrow? That'll be fun. <laughs> accidentally turn, turn left, walk into the away dressing room, does a full... Is it Jensen Button? I think did that in Formula One once, parked in the wrong pit. Pit stop, um, you know that that kind of badger, which it'd be it'd be quite fun, even if he does a joke. Although that really doesn't strike me as the kind of person Michael Flynn is. Mm. Yeah, well, Newport currently sit in nineteenth, well away from the the bottom two positions, about seven points clear of them, and and a win would see them potentially rise quite a bit and get quite close to Swindon too. So it's 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 still at that stage of the season where a a, a win changes everything in terms of positions and yeah Newport will be buoyed by the potential takeover they relatively enjoy coming to the county ground so I just worry that a lot of people will be like this is the return of the W they'll have to be very cautious about this game potentially as we as we go out to win 5-0 which will be fine by me yeah I mean we take those but I'm I'm getting quite Swindon Sutton time vibes in terms of obviously they're not on a great run but um, they're clearly a team, and Graham Cochran actually, um, I was just listening to, um, spoke quite interestingly about the way that they're, they're playing at the moment. And it, it sounds like a sort of slightly lower level Swindon in terms of, uh, well, we are creating a lot of chances and we're playing all this lovely football, but at the back we keep you know, shipping goals for no reason. So it does kind of have the an, an ex- expectation on my end now of being uh, quite an open game. Um, and uh, we could be in for another sort of... Um, needlessly hectic affair at the county ground, I think. 
Yes, and another good point. It could indeed be the Graham Coughlin derby. Who can forget those three games on loan during our years in the second tier of English football? I'll tell you, because I know you know the answer to this, but his uh, Swindon career was a 3-0 home loss to Norwich, a 0-0 draw at home to Southend, and a 4-0 home loss to Ipswich Town. Ugh nightmares for that part geographically I'm, I'm glad you saved me the embarrassment of having to reel those off which i very easily could have done off the top of my head yeah you would have made me look stupid that's for sure shall we go to the joe zone let's do it uh, what's the illness situation so that hasn't been a big help for the last few weeks affecting couple of it hasn't it hasn't been a big help there's people who've had um illnesses not a one um Unfortunately, it, it it spreads. You know, there's no real way you can stop it because some of them live together. Um, you can try and manage it by telling them to stay away and keep off, which we have done. But uh, I don't know. I think you know, was stats coming around when kid the kids go back to school. You know, they they back mixing with all their classroom, bring it on. Parents get it. It's uh, yes. Yeah, kind of a common trend I think that happens I'm no doctor or scientist by the way that's just my uh, 50 pence worth on on why it happens and obviously the change in the weather the temperature doesn't help so look, it is what it is other teams are going to have illnesses we've got to get on with it and like I said earlier I'm not going to start making excuses because it is there's nothing we can do about it so let's just get on with it does it help? no does it hamper us? yes is there anything I can do about it? no Simple as that. And once you would have managed against Newport with Walsall um, at various points, so what's that occasion like if you kind of just have to treat it as any other game? It was really horrible at Rodney Parade in, in terms of I didn't like it. Um, it was the first time I've played or managed against my hometown club and I didn't like the feeling, I'm not going to lie. It was, um, I had a fantastic ovation from 99% of the fans there, which I'll never forget. Um, but the one at, the one at Walsall, at, at the Poundland Stadium, was just like any other game. So look, the first one was the hardest. And um, yeah, just, there's nothing I can do about it. As much as there'd be people there who think a lot of me, like I think a lot of them, they would have wanted me to lose on, on that day. and. Uh, it's, it's nothing personal and it's, it's just unfortunate that it happens but I'm not the first and I definitely won't be the last who's had to go against their hometown club That's something Tracy Blake Tracy said that I thought was kind of interesting after Bradford was that players have been saying to him on the pitch kind of I know what you're trying to do sort of thing do you feel like we've got to a point in the season where after making such a good start and having like this great plan that teams are struggling to deal with that maybe we reach a kind of second phase where they've got an idea of what you're trying to do or the chances you're creating, do you feel like it's too early to think that way? I, I don't know where Fraser was is coming from. I would just tell him to concentrate on not listening to other players, um, especially the opposition, and concentrate on playing well and doing the things we ask him to because um, they can be doing it that well because we're creating chances left, right and centre. now. Every team will do their analysis. You know, it's like we know Sutton are going to go long. <laughs> it's no different. They know we're going to try and play it from the back. 
it don't take a rocket scientist to do that. It's how you handle it individually within within the framework of the team. So yeah, I really am quite well, I'm not surprised because nothing surprises me these days. But you know, for me, it was a pointless thing to stay uh, to say because if they didn't know what we were trying to do, I'd be more worried about them as a football club because they haven't done any homework. So yeah, I just believe that when we do it and we do it right, we'll do it better than anybody else in the league. So illnesses, it's one of those things, not ideal, but he's not using it as an excuse. And that, well, that Blake Tracy bit, that was <laughs> well played. Well played. It's not me that's saying this, Michael. It's your own squad. Um, and he wasn't too pleased with that, was he? Things his own squad have said haven't actually saved me in the past. So I was actually a bit worried asking this one. Um, but I was actually a bit worried. <laughs> Worried listening to his answer, thinking, have I actually got Blake Tracy in a bit of trouble here? If he goes into the meeting and says, the hell are you saying to the press at the moment? Um, but yeah, it was, it really is quite interesting um, in terms of um, his ways answer, because again, he, he kind of does straight bat it in terms of, um, you know, if, if they didn't know what we were doing, then I'd be worried for them. But um, it, it did kind of, I, I did find what Blake Tracy said rather interesting and. It, it kind of it feels like it might be a kind of second phase where you know, Swindon have come out with this plan that was very difficult to stop. Teams kind of seem to have done that a little bit in the last few weeks, even if the chances are still coming. The, the fluidity of the football hasn't been as there as much as it was in those first few weeks. So you know, it kind of a phase two of we've 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 punched, we've been countered. What's the counter to the counter? Um, but he didn't openly say that he feels the same way. No, he did not, did he? Okay. Well, there we have it. That's Michael Flynn done for another week. We had a player. It was George McEachran. First time I think I've heard him talk. With good reason. <laughs> yeah, I think we had him right after he signed. And uh, we've cycled through the entire squad possibly more than once for most players. And uh, this is the first time we've spoken to him this season. Uh, you may or may not be able to tell why. Mm, yeah, not his forte, and it's not everybody, so it's no no teasing here. I got the impression he was very keen to get the interview done and dusted, which is perfectly fine. Tell me, what, what were the main takes before we go to the Joe Zone again? Um, I think the most interesting part of it was his discussion of his time leaving Chelsea and um, saying that, you know, when you're at that kind of academy, you expect it to be quite an easy process to, um, to be able to move on and... Um, and find a new club, and the fact that that didn't happen was probably a bit of a shock for him. Um, and that kind of realization that his lack of first team football, whilst he was at an elite academy, really stood against him, even if he was you know, this player with all these England youth caps and was as talented as he was as a player. So I did think that was that was quite an interesting part of this, but uh, a lot of it was kind of uh, short answers. And you know, as, as you say, not everyone's comfortable with the press speaking in front of a camera. Uh, it is slightly weird and most of them don't really want to do it. So you, you kind of get when people don't answer that way, even if it'd be nice if he, if he did speak in slightly um, more interesting terms, like a couple of other players in the squad. Yeah, and there, there were attempts to, to play with him a little bit, try and get him out of his shell. And one of those was whether he was looking forward to potentially playing against his brothers in the FA Cup, but still, no joy. No, um, that was yeah, a very proud day for the family. Obviously, we don't want to play one of his brothers. I think if we got 
It would, it would be yet another death knell to the Swindon FA Cup record if we had to play Oxford again. Uh, so if we could if we could avoid them, that would be nice. No, uh, come on, bring him. Uh, people won't be comfortable by saying it, but we would be the underdogs. Nothing to lose other than the bragging rights we don't have at the moment anyway. So, you know, onward. Let's take them on. Grr. I mean, if anyone's shy to say that, then fair play, because they're flying at the top of League One. Yeah. I, I think you'd be very pushed, hard pushed to put Swindon as anything anywhere close to even equals on that particular odds bet. Yeah, I'm not going to call it giant killing though. Don't you dare make me call it a giant kill. No, obviously it's not a giant killing. We're not on the <laughs> league side, and oh, well, you can't really get that kind of thing. But it would be a bit of a cup set if we did beat them, if not a giant killing. Oh, please, Swindon, get out of this division so we can stop talking about cup sets against Oxford United. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Shall we return to the Joe zone? Let's go. Obviously, you're going to be happy to play in again. What was your reaction when you were told that you were kind of the designated first-team player on on Tuesday when everyone else is just getting a night off? Um, yeah, well, it's, I was pleased I was um, cap- captain. Um, but, yeah... I know what you mean, but at the end of the day, it's your job, so I had to put on the um, shirt and put, try to put on a performance for the fans. Yeah. This might sound slightly weird, but from Dan Kemp and Jake Young, we've been getting sort of weekly updates about your sort of intra-squad come dine with me. And I, I know you had to miss a week of, of that due to um, your illness, but uh, how's that going for your moment and are you enjoying the competition? Yeah, it's been good. I got, we got it tonight, to be fair, and I'm... I'm I'm cooking um, cooking spaghetti bolognese tonight, so hopefully like it and we put a performance in tomorrow. Have you accounted for Kent's uh, dislike of not of sauces on game days? Uh, yeah, yeah, but he's he's got to have to deal with it. Um, yeah, we've we've done sauces now, so he's he's alright with it in the end. Lovely. So yeah. Short straw for George McEachran, and I can only imagine because other than that, I can't see any other reason why George McEachran had to play in it. Yeah, I, I've kind of been joking. He was, he was the last to say not it on the on the bus back from Bradford, or because because I I did think that I'd seen him when the players were doing the the walk, but you know, McEachran is short enough that he kind of looks like the academy players anyway. So um, <laughs> when I was shown the team sheet, I I actually asked um, Henry and and Callum, the Swindon media guys. Is George McEachran down there? And they seemed surprised that I was really surprised that he was, because um, it just didn't really make any sense. But that they were filling out the quota, and you know, I guess he got to be captain. He seemed fairly pleased to have been able to do that. Yeah, yeah. And then we close. We've come down with me. It's a running theme. We'll miss it once it finally gets cancelled. Spaghetti bolognese. Can anything go wrong with spaghetti bolognese? Well, we we, we can only hope that he doesn't get. Uh, he doesn't give give him and the others food poisoning once again, which uh, which obviously didn't happen, but but it did mm. uh, um, <laughs> uh, but t- two weeks ago. So yeah, it was. We will keep we'll keep running down this well for as long as I need to ask players a question when I haven't really thought of one. Well, these bugs they do they do come back after when term starts. I don't know when their term began though. You know, it's been a, it's been a while. But yes, um, we're all assuming come down with me is the reason behind all these poorly sickness situations. Let's go with predictions. 
I'm going to be cowardly. I'm going to go for the cowardly 2-1 win for Swindon. We're back. I'm going to go 3-2 to Swindon. Slightly more exciting. Still three points. The most exciting uh, game of the modern Swindon versus Newport County era. It's about time. Two vice ball teams now. We're, we're out of the eight, the dark, the trees of one nils and two nils and stuff like that. We're in a new exciting era, Rich. Oh, yes. Yeah, let's embrace that. Well, I'll take 2-1. I'll certainly take 3-2. Let's see how it goes. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down, and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds! Come on, Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.